Hello and welcome. I'm Chelsea, certified mermaid, diver, and science communicator. And I'm Blake, scuba dive master, freediving instructor, and also a science communicator. We've created the Save the Mermaids podcast to connect ocean lovers from across the seven seas who have a desire to protect our waters and learn to live in sync with nature. Save the mermaids, save the seas. Let's dive in. Here at Save the Mermaids podcast, we are always looking for fun and sustainable businesses to support. And one that we absolutely love is Nudiewear. I met the owners, Christy and Ryan, at a scuba cleanup right here on Oahu. They are a local, sustainable clothing brand that makes activewear, swimsuits, dry bags, purses, and headbands in gorgeous wildlife-inspired patterns such as the mandarin fish, nudibranchs, and whale sharks. They donate 10% of each purchase to conservation efforts across the globe. Their activewear is made from recycled water bottles, and they even make beautiful jewelry out of the discarded fishing nets. Go to our website, www.mermaidconservation.com, and use the code SAVETHEMERMAIDS to receive 10% off of your purchase. And if you're on the island of Oahu, join Nudiewear for their monthly underwater cleanups. See you there! And now for happy environmental news. This is such a fun one. It's from the happy broadcast on Instagram. Portugal just ran on 100% renewables for six days in a row. So renewable energy for the win. Uh, The country of 10 million met customer needs with wind, hydro, and solar. A test run for operating the grid without fossil fuels. That's dope. And Portugal's not that small. It's not. If they can do that. 10 million. Anybody can do that. Yeah. I found this super interesting side tangent already, but it will be helpful for our listeners. Um, For my master's degree, we were going over long form science writing, and it was this really long article I believe from the Rolling Stones, that was all about the toxicity of byproducts from oil. Did you know that when you're pumping, like, you know, the big oil pumps you see in the Midwest, when those are brought up about, I can't remember, I'm not going to get the statistics right, but let's say like 40% of that is what's called brine. So it's like a toxic sludge. It is so radioactive that people are getting cancers. They are spraying it on the streets. And they also did a study of like the pipes that were then donated from the oil rigs to local communities to make playgrounds and stuff. And the kids were sitting on like radioactive materials and it was affecting their health. One pregnant woman broke a hip getting into the bathtub because of it. Yeah. So there are reasons we need to move away, not just because like fossil fuels are taking from the environment when we have other renewable sources, but fossil fuels aren't infinite. And then on top of that, I had no idea the health risks for people. I had no idea. That's wild. Yeah. They were, they spray brine on the streets to just get rid of it. And it saves them a ton of money. That is so people-y, you know, know. like, oh, I'm just going to throw this somewhere else. So it's not my problem. Isn't that shocking? I'll send you the article. And if anybody wants it, just message us on Instagram. Um, I can pull up, I have it all saved on my computer and I can just forward it to you because I sent it to like everyone in the Midwest who I know who works in oil fields. And I have, you know, my grandpa used to spray the roads in de-icing. That's what it is. This brine that is so toxic that it's giving people cancer. 
Uh, and then the animals that are hanging out by the uh-huh. road too. They oh. talked about these two Amish women uh, in the area who would always walk barefoot on the roads and how much toxins they absor- absorbed from it. It's so sad. And you would think like the Amish lifestyle is so set apart from these things. You'd think they'd be safe, but nope. Nobody's safe. Yeah. So therefore, renewable <laughs> energy is needed. Let's do what Portugal is doing. Right. And like I said, if Portugal can do it, Anybody can. They're not small. I've heard, too, that Las Vegas has the capacity and has run on solar power before. And I'm like, is if the Strip can, anybody can. Yeah. We have, when I was living in Vegas, I would drive outside of town and you would just see, like, endless fields of solar panels. And, yeah, it's really expensive to put into place. But in the long run, the states save so much money. Right. You know, because it's the sun's there. Yeah. And it doesn't need to take up that much space. I remember, gosh, it was a while ago now, and I don't think it ever came to fruition. But there was a model to make roadways out of solar panels. And it would light up if a deer walked across it at night. It would light up so you could see far, you know, like you get a warning and it would be its own light system okay but still absorbing the solar power of the sun which is insane uh, make that why happen. we didn't do that is insane come on smart people come on smart people <laughs> or just throw them on every roof we don't even need to take up more land to do it like yeah exactly. use what we have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. oh man i wish we were really really rich and really really smart yeah so we could just do it all the oil sheiks i was gonna say all the oil sheiks should donate but then i just realized they would lose their oil money by donating but they would feel really good about themselves yeah you'd get street cred (laughs) exactly (laughs) everybody would be so grateful you'd be like a god right people would probably donate back oh yeah like i would give a chic some money totally like (laughs) you saved us from oil cancer (laughs) let me buy you a chicken buy you a beer (laughs) a big chicken i like that that was your first thought you went beer that's funny i was just thinking mermaids love beer but i don't know about chic's yeah, I don't know. Sheiks, reach out. Let yeah. us know if you're simple. <laughs> if not, we'll get you a McChicken. Yeah, McChicken. McChicken's the second choice. <laughs> America. <laughs> okay, uh, it's Christmas time. Oh, yeah. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. about today? Today, we are learning about the angelfish. Are they angelic? They're a little bit angelic. Oh. Yeah. I was expecting them to be little horrors with how terribly named many of our animals have oh been. Oh, my gosh. No, like the sea angel? Yeah. No. Nope. I was expecting something <laughs> like that. <laughs> nope. These ones deliver. Okay. They're pretty sweet. Oh. <laughs> So there are two different kinds of angelfish, and I'm going to try my best to differentiate the two. Um, so you have the ones that everybody's got in their fish tanks, and then you've got the marine ones that you see in the reef. Okay. And they're totally different, but related. Nice. Um, so they are, the marine ones are found on shallow reefs in the tropical Atlantic, Indian, and mostly Western Pacific oceans. Um, the family contains about 86 species, which I thought was not very many. For how like popular and around angelfish are, everybody knows what an angelfish is. Yeah, yeah. I would think there'd just be like thousands. Yeah, but eighty six. <laughs> That's good enough. Yeah. Um, the marine species, like I said, should not be confused with the freshwater angelfish, um, which are tropical ch- uh, cichlids. Cich- yeah, cichlids of the Amazon basin, um, which is where what you'll see a lot in the freshwater tanks. So I used to have. I like growing up with angelfish. My husband and I had angelfish. Those are the ones you see, the little guys with the like super fun tendrily yeah. dorsals. Yeah. Okay. The scientific name for angelfish is 
Pterophyllum scalare, and they belong to the chiclet family, like I said. Um, that family is one of the most diverse groups of freshwater fish with over 2,000 species. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So those are the ones. Everybody. Knows. Everybody knows. Mm. It's really hard to research something that has such a popular, like, dynamic like yeah. there's two of them but they're very different but they are basically interchangeable on the internet apparently <laughs> so i'm sorry if i say some things twice because it was kind of confusing <laughs> um so with that one though the freshwater chiclets are found all over the world with the highest concentration in the african great lakes and south america oh they sell african chiclets at the a lot of pet stores too so. yeah okay yeah those are the ones you have I kept trying to remember the names of my fish as I was writing this because we're really good at naming fish. Okay. Like I had a little dwarf shark I called Swim Shady because uh. he was white. <laughs> <laughs> and we had, uh, oh gosh, Ruth Beta Finsberg. Oh. And I can't remember what the angelfish names were. Oh, that's so good. Though. I know. Sorry, world, wow. to take that away from you. Yeah, my um, beta fish's name was Kai because he was blue and that means ocean. Yeah, that's a cute name. Yeah, not as cool as Ruth Beta Ginsburg, though. <laughs> that's true. We, we had a beta that was red, white, and blue, so we called him George Washington. <laughs> <laughs> the puns. The, I love puns. If anybody wants to, like a friend to share puns with, mm. please let it be me. Yeah. Um, wow, that could be a tangent all on its own. Yeah. Back to angelfish. Uh, so these fish are very brightly colored and a highlight of most coral reefs. The marine ones closely resemble resemble the butterfly fish, um, which is a related family of similarly bright reef fish. Um, marine angelfish are distinguished from the butterfly fish because they have a presence of a strong um, spine that's part of their gill cover. So if you look very closely at them, like right under their little armpits where their gills are, is just one tiny little spine. Huh. And that's how you tell the difference. I didn't know that. I would never have guessed they have a spine. Mm -hmm. um, and that also explains the name of the family, which is Poma canthidae, from the Greek word poma, meaning cover, and acantha, meaning thorn. So a huh. covering thorn. Um, these fish can be red, blue, green, black, yellow, or a combination of all the colors. Some marine angel fish have scales with swirling colorful patterns. Mm -hmm. um, others have stripes, while others still are mostly solid in color. They have thin, flat bodies with a curved dorsal and anal fins. Um, they have a feathery pectoral fin, dark eyes, small mouths, and all angelfish, like I said, have a thorn or spiny growth. It says somewhere on the body which was something I was confused about too, because it was either on their gill plate or somewhere on their body. And I know a lot of different fish have a thorn um, or a spine in their dorsal fin. Oh. So, and I, I think that's a specific family as well. I think a lot of freshwater fish, you have to be careful if you're fishing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah so that's not that's different I was <laughs> to try to help you with that I just uh was looking up the Lisa Frank angelfish designs yeah and she doesn't have any spines on them but do you remember the photo of the two angelfish kissing seriously Lisa Frank <laughs> like raised me <laughs> she did, did me too and now I'm just realizing like she did even Moorish idols and stuff but I was like oh 
I'll look on the Lisa Frank angelfish sticker to see if she did it fine. So I'm not of any help. Sorry. I really like that that's the one you... My mind immediately your, went to. Your science mind was like, <laughs> I know where to go. I know where to go. Flashback, 1988. <laughs> Aw, you're I mean, millennials. Yeah, <laughs> yeah 88's too yeah. early. <laughs> um, gosh, man, I could say other things about that too. Mm-hmm. I'm like really distracted today. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> Ah, uh, where was I? Okay, the largest species of marine angelfish can reach a length of 60 centimeters, centimeters, which is about 24 inches. Wow. I know. I want to see one of those. I've never seen one that big. That's like an intimidating yeah. fish. I'd be like, huh. I want to pet it. I know, like that's got some meat on it. Yeah. Um, on the other end of the spectrum, though, members of the smallest genus do not exceed 15 centimeters or about 5.9 inches. Okay, that makes that's what we're used to here. I, yeah, I yeah. think that's like a very common length. Right. Um, let's see. The smaller species are popular amongst aquarists. So that'll be your saltwater aquariums. Um, whereas the largest species are occasionally sought after for food. However, warning, warning, do not eat them. <laughs> Cause ciguatera poisoning is a thing and it is yeah about this. it's bad news bears it's bad here too there's a lot of fish that have cigatera yeah however you say it yep i believe you because yeah. yeah it's like super bad so it's been reported as a result of eating any marine fish but a spe- specifically marine angelfish and um, for those of you who don't know it's a foodborne illness caused by eating reef fish whose flesh is contaminated with certain toxins called ciguatoxins <laughs> um, which can cause nausea vomiting and neurological symptoms such as tingling fingers or toes Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it attacks your brain eating fish is like a dangerous game yeah also side note i don't want to make anybody really sad about not eating fish anymore but listen (laughs) to the book what a fish knows it is so good i say listen because i'm listening to it on audible right now um but it's shocking about how we're starting to understand fish intelligence and i'm not i'm not gonna lie i'm slowly becoming more and more vegan just because everything makes me cry oh, seriously <laughs> though um okay so it's by jonathan balcombe b-a-l-c-o-m-b-e it's called what a fish knows and yeah he's really good at the science and everybody's like I don't know. A lot of people are like, we got to stay away from anthropomorphism because we don't want to treat them as humans. And I feel like the idea of anthropomorphism definitely makes humans feel a little bit holier than yeah, thou. super superior. You know, when I'm like, in reality, some of these fish are smarter than your two-year-old, but you feel bad about eating a two-year-old. You know what I mean? <laughs> a bear might not, but just in my mind, seeing how smart and how, and not just octopus, but like little reef fish that we think of as dumb some of them are ridiculously smart and caring and love their owners side fact wait till you hear about puffer fish i really hate that yeah you won't eat fish again though puffer fish we know hillary had a puffer fish no that's the cowfish oh that's right oh my gosh frank i love that one (laughs) yeah yeah puffer fish are cool i those show up on my tiktok more than i'd like to admit Mm -hmm. because i follow too many people who have those but yeah so cute anyway oh gosh yeah we're gonna be vegans by the end of this for sure i there are some things (laughs) nah we won't get into that okay uh, angelfish again. All right. As juveniles, some species are different colors than when they reach adulthood, um, which happens all the time in the ocean. 
Um, for example, the blue angelfish is a vibrant electric blue color with black and white stripes or spots, but when they reach adulthood, they turn a grayish color with yellow and blue fins and dark spots on their bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, if you turn an angelfish sideways, okay, this is why they're called angelfish. <laughs> if you take one and turn it sideways, its silhouette closely resembles the head, wings, and dress of an angel. Oh, I just thought it was because they were so flowy and angels seem flowy. Totally. Me too. I just like thought about graceful. turning it on its side. Some some scientists definitely did. Making little snow angels. Yeah. <laughs> just like get his little finnies. Like, that's, those are the scientists that get bugs drunk. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that's some gritty science. <laughs> uh, Okay, so this unique shape helps them swim and twirl underwater with ease. Their laterally compressed bodies and fanning fins make them appear larger to predators, but still allow them to dart into crevices for safety. Mm. So when being big doesn't work, they can hide. Yeah. Which I think is pretty cute. Yeah. I wish I had either of those. (laughs) I don't. (laughs) Um, They have teeth in their throat. No. Everything does. I don't understand. I don't know. Like, it's an angel (laughs) I guess it's got to be kind of scary because it's the ocean. Yeah, right. And it's pretty metal down there. So, yeah, but they are omnivores. Um, Sponges are their main diet. They also eat algae and small pieces of shrimp. Um, Some larger species, such as the queen angelfish, will eat bigger types of prey like jellyfish, which is weird. Mm -hmm. Um, These fish hunt during the day and hide in the coral reef at night where it's safe. Yeah, they can live up to 15 years. Wow. I know. Their gestation period is three whole days. Get it in and get it out. (laughs) So after mating, a female can lay at least 500 eggs and some species lay even more. Wow. The queen angelfish can release. (laughs) Guess how many eggs? A thousand. More. Two thousand. More. Five thousand. More. Ten thousand. More. What? Twenty thousand. Seventy-five thousand eggs. That was gonna take me a minute to get there. That's like so many. You would swim through that and be like, "What yeah. is going on?" That's a lot of eggs. Yeah. The eggs float in the water for one to three days until they hatch into larvae, and the larvae survive on plankton and algae um, as they grow into adult fish. Mm-hmm. Though the larvae are clear, they are very vulnerable to being eaten by small or large fish passing by. And this is why angelfish have such a large number of eggs, so that odds are in their favor, I guess. Yeah. I think a lot of filter feeders accidentally must eat them. Yeah. Because they're just clear in the water. Or divers choking. Oh, how many times have you choked in the water? It yep. could have been baby angels. Right? Or sea spiders. Or it's definitely always sea it's spiders. It's always sea spiders. Uh, yeah. Either way, it's so gross. Yeah. Mm. The more you know. The more you know. I wonder if people... Like if we've lost people because they're like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to know anymore. <laughs> this is too much. Okay. Um, the mother and father angelfish are not involved with their young at all. Once they release the eggs, it's like, peace out. Good luck. Um, sexual maturity is reached between six and 12 months of age, which is crazy because of the length of life. You'd yeah. think it'd take a little longer. Right. They're ready to go mm. like right away. <laughs> Um, they are known as protogenous hermaphrodites. This means a male changes into a, a female can change into a male at certain points in her life. Um, we've seen this many a lot, fish. many fish. These fish spawn in the winter season. Um, they are polygenous, which means they have multiple partners. The male flaps its little pectoral fins to attract females. A male usually has a group of four females, also called a harem, to mate with. 
Once of, um, one of the amazing facts, like I said, they can change. So if a male does leave the harem, the one of the females will change into the male. We don't need no man. Right. I, I know, love I that. A man. <laughs> I don't need one because I could be one. Right? Like, he left the harem. <laughs> well, Chelsea, you're up. <laughs> right. I feel like I'd be okay with not replacing the man. Yeah. But I guess you have to reproduce at some point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We need... 75,000 angelfish babies. Yeah, angelfish need to reproduce. People, <laughs> not so much. <laughs> um, let's see. The So back to the natural, uh, the freshwater chicklids. Their habitat is in the Amazon River Basin in South Africa. South Africa. <laughs> <laughs> My phone's on dark mode. So when I read this, it's sometimes like a lot. all kind of blurs together. Sorry, everybody. So was that South America or Africa? <laughs> Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, no, Amazon River Basin, South okay. America. Um, it's believed that angelfish were first discovered by European explorers in the mid-19th century. However, indigenous people in the region had known about these fish for centuries and had even bred them for food. Hmm. I know. So. I love how we say discovered and then we're like, but that's not actually true. Yeah. White people just white taken, people learned about it. Taking the credit again. <laughs> White people found them after other things were already like found and benefiting. Them. Right. Like, read them. Yeah. <laughs> they knew everything about them. Oh, <laughs> um, they aren't, none of the species are known to dive deeper than 160 feet, which makes sense because they thrive on coral reefs. Yeah. And there. Um, some of their predators include larger fish, sharks, and barracudas. Um, these are all animals that share a habitat with these fish, obviously. So the exact population of the fish is unknown. However, most species have a conservation status of least concern which, with a stable population. The emperor, yellow, French, and blue-faced angelfish are a few of the species with that de designation. The blue-spotted angelfish is one exception with a conservation status of data deficient because of habitat destruction. Um, mm. So, yeah. But pretty good overall for... It could be the 75,000 babies they can have when they're six months old. And like countless times. Yeah. They're just constantly turning into males and females and just, yeah, yeah, every year. Having a party. That's Angel. Winter break. <laughs> Thanks so much for diving in with us today. Please make sure to follow us on Instagram at Save the Mermaids Podcast. Visit our website at www.mermaidconservation.com for all the podcast merch and our eco-friendly favorites. And don't forget to join our Facebook community, Save the Mermaids Podcast Community. This is where we will post our monthly meetups, share our favorite underwater adventures, and connect with like-minded ocean lovers all over the world. Until next time, mermaids! Mm -hmm.